As we prepare to hear God's word to us in Scripture, would you please bow your heads with me? Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, beginning at verse 26. Let us listen for the word of the Lord. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is, is, is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself, first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It's like a mustard seed which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet, when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables. But he explained everything in private to his disciples. Here ends our reading. This is the word of God for the people of God. Many of Jesus' parables are remarkable in how they both reveal and conceal at the same time. The Gospel reading makes it clear that this is quite intentional. For reasons we can't quite understand, some are given hearing and understanding, but others are not. So the very fact that you and I know these parables and understand them in some measure is a reminder of the privilege we have as followers of Jesus. It's a reminder of the thanksgiving that we owe God for opening our ears to hear. These two parables themselves are like tiny mustard seeds themselves, aren't they? They're quite brief, quite simple, and yet for those with ears to hear, they point to a great wealth of truth and hope. Both parables present the kingdom of God as simple in its workings, but they also reveal a depth of mystery beyond our comprehending. You see, part of what Jesus is revealing to us is our inability to dissect the processes by which God brings the kingdom to fruition. You and I are simply called to sow seed. We are not given the the levers to direct and manipulate the coming of the kingdom ourselves. That is God's work and God's alone. Now the first parable... In the first parable, the kingdom of God comes about as surely and as inevitably as the earth causes scattered seed to sprout and grow. 
even as the sower goes about all the other activities of his or her life, the kingdom of God is mysteriously growing. We are assured that there is indeed a harvest to come, just as we would count on with any planted field or perhaps with that backyard garden that some of us are starting to contemplate. The mention of a harvest reminds us that there is indeed a time of judgment and consummation when, as the hymn says, all is safely gathered in ere the winter storms begin. Now the parable of the the mustard seed confronts us with the delightful irony that one of the smallest seeds on earth produces one of the greatest plants. A world that expects to find success going from strength to strength is confounded by the mysterious ways of God so that what is small and weak and plain is transformed into something life-giving and expansive. The mustard seed points us to the truth that one man's shame and death on the cross leads to salvation and a home with God for all the peoples of the world. But not everyone can see or understand this. Both parables teach us that just as those with ears to hear, those with eyes must carefully discern what they are seeing. We must see with the eyes of faith and not judge based on mere outward appearances. A newly planted field looks like nothing more than just a bunch of upturned dirt, right? And a mustard seed looks like a crumb to be brushed off the counter or swept up off the floor and carried to the trash bin. And yet both that newly planted field and that mustard seed contain the promise of so much more. Have you ever had the experience of judging someone or something on first impressions only to find out afterwards that your first impression was quite wrong and quite backwards? I think we've all been there. Maybe it was someone you met one time whose appearance was somewhat unattractive or shabby by human standards, and yet as you got to spend a bit of time with them, you found this person possessed a beautiful, generous spirit and a heart full of active, burning love for Jesus Christ. And maybe, maybe this person ended up inspiring you. Now the opposite can happen too, right? Someone makes quite a good first impression on us. He or she is attractive, charming, well-spoken, and yet as, as we get to know that person, we realize there's a, a, a shallowness or immaturity or self-centeredness there to this person we didn't see at first. And and in both of these cases, we end up being embarrassed, right, at our own rush to judgment based on appearances. That's why hiring employees can be so difficult to get right. No matter how, how good someone looks, their resume looks on paper, no matter how well the interview process goes, you don't really get to know someone until you've worked with them shoulder to shoulder for a while, right? Now, working with the elderly is one of those places where appearances can be deceiving. I think we all realize that we live in a larger culture that worships youth. And so what does our culture often see when they look at an elderly person? Someone whose abilities are shrinking? A person whose frailties may embarrass some people because perhaps it reminds them of their own mortality? 
Too often the world will look at older adults and see little potential left. And yet, as those with eyes to see, you and I should always be asking ourselves what God might be up to in the life of that person. What, what might God be up to to reveal the kingdom in the life of an elderly or frail person? And the older adult should always be asking him or herself, what is God up to in my life right now to bring about the kingdom within and around me? Several years ago, I was visiting a woman dying of cancer. Anne had suffered and endured, and she was deep into hospice care. She was eating and drinking almost nothing. She was tired and ready to die. When she kept waking up to greet each day, she became frustrated. Why, she asked me, why was God keeping her alive? Well, I, I told her I couldn't really say. But I did assure her that, that God was still actively at work in and around her and, and that God had not forgotten her. I asked her to trust that God had some purpose behind this seemingly delayed death. We changed the topic and we continued the visit. And after a little while later, she, in a totally different context, made mention of the fact that she had always been a somewhat impatient person. So I asked Anne, do you think that perhaps as the process of your dying drags on, God is actually trying to help you learn patience here at the end? Perhaps you're still alive because God is not finished with you yet. Now the truth is, I, I, I don't pretend to know the will of God in her case. Maybe there was some other purpose uh, of God that was at work besides teaching her patience, but it was still one of those moments of recognizing that our human uh, perspectives are limited. Appearances can be deceiving, but for those who walk by faith and not by sight, the kingdom of God is always growing and coming in hidden and surprised, surprising ways. But I don't want us to think only about how God might be working beneath a person's age or physical limitations to bring about new growth in that person. Sometimes God is at work in a person's frailty or sickness to bring about growth in other people. I remember another time when a deathbed conversation was an opportunity for someone to bear witness to me. I had gone to visit an old pastor whom some of you will remember, Bill Arthur. He was uh, the pastor at Shandon during my teenage years. And Bill was dying of cancer in a hospice facility. And on our way back from a trip out of town, Christy and I made a detour through Spartanburg to go see Bill. And we had a delightful visit. He told me, Frank, I'm sleeping like I did when I was 10 years old. I go to bed at night and I figure that if I die, I'll be with the Lord, and that'll be great. But if I wake up, I'll have another day in this world, and that'll be great too. You know, even though his physical abilities were tremendously diminished, there Bill lay on his deathbed, still the pastor, displaying his faith, his peace of soul, and encouraging me as a role model one last time. 
you know, just as the mustard seed looks too tiny to produce much of anything, the body of a sick or aging person can deceive. You know, looking at Bill, you could have easily been tricked into thinking that he had little to offer, that this was simply his time to be served and cared for by others. But the truth was vastly different. Even in his extreme limitation and discomfort, he blessed me one last time serving as a role model. Now, someone who works in older adult ministry, my thoughts naturally gravitate to the context that I work in, but I want to make it clear that this sermon is not about aging older adults. It's not about frail or sick people. The main idea I'm driving at is this. God is at work in mysterious and hidden ways to bless and bring about the kingdom. And this applies to all, all of our lives, to all the church and to all creation. So if you're dealing with some limitation in your life, if you're facing some difficulty or hardship, by all means, pray with faith for it to get better. But at the same time, be sure you're looking at the situation with the eyes of faith, trusting that behind the unattractiveness of what you may be experiencing or seeing, or what someone you love is experiencing or seeing, trust that God is faithfully at work to bless. Both the parable of the scattered seed and the parable of the mustard seed teach us that big things come to us in small and deceptive packages. They teach us that much of how the kingdom of God comes and grows is hidden from our full understanding. But what is clearly revealed by Jesus is this. We are called to see with enough faith to trust the power and presence of God to finish the good work begun in us. We are called to see with enough faith to trust that God will bless us, bless those around us, and indeed bless the whole creation beyond our wildest imaginations. Praise the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and forever. The God who is, who was, and is to come at the end of the ages.